Here we go. Day two, championships, second again, boys. We're back again. We're back again. Hopefully you had a bit of a listen to the review show um, that we did the other night. It was a pretty good one, actually. Nice and chilled, nice and relaxed, but still full of content. Joined by Jackson, mate. Friday Arvo, we're recording. It's exciting. How are you? Yeah, mate, we're in striking range now. We're only less than sort of 12 hours out. So, mate, I'm fucking super pumped uh, for tomorrow. There's been obviously another massive downpour uh, throughout the day and it's going to be a heavy 60 again at Randwick, but uh, I think we found a couple of nice ones. For sure. Um, just want to quick apologise as to why. We, we wanted to wait um, just to see what the weather was doing. We wanted to make sure how heavy the track was going to be. So in terms of our tips and scratching and, and whatnot, we could give you guys as much, much information as you need for Saturday. So we've left it late, but there's nine races we're going to go through at Randwick. Nine. And guess what, Jacko? We're not going to go through anything else. We're just not going to worry about Caulfield, are we? Straight down the middle, mate, where the business is. Fantastic. So race two, we'll kick it off there. So 1,400 metre race. It's a three-year-old. It's a listed race. Um, Lock Eagles favourite, 230 at the top. Green Belts, 850. Bend the Knee, 12 bucks. Shahonka's $12. Zethus, 14s. And ton of, ton of Grits, 14s as well. There's a couple other handy ones. Like military Expert goes okay. It's 15 bucks in coattails, 16s too. It's actually not too bad of a race, is it? Yeah, it's not bad. It, nice little um, sort of semi-opener to the card. Obviously, it's a second on the card, but this is the first real uh, really nice race to get involved in. And we'll probably start with the map. So I think Green Belt can roll forward. It's got sort of that middle to wide gate. So they're probably uh, forced with their hand to roll forward there. And Military extra, Expert's got a bit of speed as well. So I think those two can probably lead in control. Lock Eagle won't be too far away. That's a, obviously the short price favourite that looks a really nice chance. I think that's the map horse if, if you are going that route. And um, I can't see any, any sort of issues with that horse. It looks pretty bomb-proof. looks to be going through the heavy really nicely and obviously was super impressive last start. Just one horse I can probably make a little bit of a push for is, is uh, Green Belt, so the horse that's going to roll forward. I think it's a horse on the up. It's only had two starts, so there's no firm ceiling on where this horse can get to. Um, and Mick Price have found Jamie Carr for this as well. So if she can try and get a soft lead going forward and hopefully can control the race, I think that that's nice each way odds there. I'm pretty keen on Lock Eagle um, to Colt. It's knocked off straight Aaron last start at Warwick Farm and sort of cantered in a little bit. Um, I thought it was a fantastic win. That was also in heavy going. It's two for two in the mud. It's going to get the mud again. I'll, I've taken a nice early price, a nice enough early price, and I still think 230 is really bettable. I, I think it's, weirdly enough, I think it's probably the best bet for me in Sydney for the whole weekend. So hopefully you get some cash early in race two. Race three, um, so last week we had the, the country championships, and this week we got the Polytrack Midway Championships. So I think we spoke about it. It's just an awesome opportunity for these trainers. You get a few more high-profile ones in these, like Lee's, Kim War, you know, you, you get a little bit more high, high profile, but still good opportunity for your, your sort of provincial trainers. So Never Talks 390, Ollie comes up for a bit of a ride, eh? Which is pretty cool. Great News 460, Rustic Steel, six bucks. Grammar More 10s, Kiss Some 11s, Barossa Rosa 11s too, 13 bucks plus the rest. It's not a bad little race. Yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned the, the jockeys that are coming over as well. It's great to see the best horses here for the for the best day of the carnival, but also great to see those top line jockeys come across as well. So, you know, guys like Damien Oliver, Damien Lane as well is here over the weekend. So super keen to see how these uh, sort of jockeys tactics play out. And yeah, this is another another not, not bad race. There's, a, there's some horses with ability here and 
we, we don't mind these sort of provincial and country championship setups, but as far as a, a betting um, prospect, I just thought this was a no bet race for me. There's just, it's a big capacity field. There's speed coming from everywhere. High baller rolls forward from that white gate. Barossa Ross is going to chase up from one as well. And great news won't be too far away, but there's just too much speed on and, and too many question marks around some of these horses in terms of the heavy going. So I'm happy to take a sit and watch approach for this race. It is a bit of a yucky race to, to have a bit of a bet in. I probably won't be having a bet either. I think never talks the best horse in the race. I do. I'm just yeah, I'm a bit wary. Strong gate too. Like, where's it going to be? Is it going to be four pairs back along the fence? That might not be too bad in the wet. They'll probably all fan by race three or four anyway. I think he's the best winning chance. Rustic Steel at Newcastle was a bit sort of, he was along the wrong, wrong part of the track as well. I don't know. For me, no bet race, but I can see that the top three or four in the market are probably the ones the punters will come for late and they'll continue to firm. But yeah, no, nah. <laughs> I'm staying out, Jacko. Keep the powder dry till later, mate. There's some big ones coming up. Similar sort of setup here. So Percy Sykes, we'll go through this one really quickly. Um, Paris Dior's 250. So this is for two-year-olds. It's over 1,200 metres. Then you've got Willinga B, 750. And then just one that I, I didn't mind at a bit of an each-way price was Ojai. Like, it's run fifth in a slipper. I thought it was okay. That was heavy going on that day as well. Jamie Carr, tick. Cummings, tick. 850 is, is that, I don't know, not a bad each-way bet? Or? Yeah, I, I can't knock that at all. It was a bit of an underrated run in the slipper. I've just got a little bit of a query around the heavy track and whether this horse will really excel here. And um, I still can't knock it, though, especially when you see a price like that come up. But... There is another horse as well that I thought was a little bit over the odds and could be a potential each-way play, and that was Lady Laguna. I just think this horse um, didn't get the opportunity to finish a bit closer in that slipper, was just caught wide and had a really nice campaign up to that point. I just I don't want to drop off her off one run. I'm happy to butter up again, especially at this massive price. I think she maps really well. You know she's going to get through the going. She obviously had that super four-length win um, on her first start on a heavy track, so... I'm really keen to see how she can bounce back this week. And I think at that, what's, what have we got at the moment? About $20. Like that's nine dollars yeah, 20s, $4.80 the place. Like that's massive overs for me. I'm happy to have a play each way here and see if we can get the day rolling. Very in Nisham as well. So a lot of ticks going on there. All right, from race five onwards, we sort of, this is where we sort of step in, isn't it? So race five, we've got the Arrowfield three-year-old sprint. Um, we see one, a couple of hours actually going around in this one. So in the Congo, Look, this horse has been backed off the map since they opened markets. It's gone from second favourite into a firm favourite, 290. Marzu's four bucks as well. So he's one of our stable horses. Paul Ailey, 460, obviously coming out of a really good run in behind Nature Stripanetti. 460 there, Generation 12s, Bacchanalia 15s, Marine 1s there, Ranch Hand. Not a bad little race. Yeah, this is nice. Really nice horses on the app. There's a lot of horses that we haven't seen the best of their potential yet. So this is super exciting. Be nice to see if one of these horses can go to a different level and really stamp themselves as one of those top line sprinters that can even potentially shoot for an Everest. So we'll see how we go on the weekend and we'll see who gets through the going because that's probably going to be the main thing for most of Saturday is who gets through the going and who's fit and rock hard and solid. So as far as the map goes, in the Congo is going to roll forward. That horse has got one way and one way only. So we saw him win a Golden Rose over 1,400. So 1,200 on a heavy deck is going to be no issues. Uh, Tai rolls forward as well with Casey Fogden. Um, they'll probably lead, lead and control those two. Generation and Marzu are probably the next pair in running. It's just Marzu's just bomb-proof, isn't he? He's just, he sits in the box seat. 
you know, Clipperton's just got the best affinity with this horse. He knows when to press the button, knows when to cuddle him. The horse just has so many ticks on the boxes for us. And we've obviously followed him throughout the whole campaign and it'd be hard to jump off now. I will say that I am tapering the bet back a little bit as far as confidence. This is a big step up in class for him. He, he hasn't beaten a whole lot once you compare it to this field. And I just want to taper it back a little bit. I've still got him on top as the top pick. The only other horse that I could sort of um, make a case for as well is Marine One. I think the horse is certainly over the odds. He was scratched out of that William Reed, which obviously obviously flattened us a little bit. And we thought he was going to run a cheeky race um, there that, at, at the Valley. So this is a sort of a, a bit of a target for them. They, they, they hasn't, hasn't had a run on a heavy or a soft track. So that's a bit of a, a concern. But with this camp, this Murray and Eustace camp, you can never take them on and, and say that they, their horses won't be able to do something. So I'm happy to go each way on Marine One, but the main play will be Mizzou. Pretty much word for word. I hate when we agree because well, I love when we agree. I love it, but it makes for absolutely no content whatsoever. But that's fine. Marine One, I think it's over the odds as well. If they're bringing a horse like Marine One after a scratching, it's got to be it's got to be a chance in a race like this. It's a clear target. I'm probably a little bit more confident on Marzu than yourself. I get the feeling. I feel like you're gonna maybe halve your bet from last time. I'm. That's just the gauge I'm getting. I just think this horse is bulletproof. Like. You, you even look at times, it, it runs good times on the clock. Yeah, in the Congo, has got that sort of that racing fitness and I love the pattern that in the Congo has, but I don't know. I'm pretty happy with Marzo. I think he's going to come out and run a really, really good race. Hopefully he wins. If it's not him, hopefully it's Marine one, the two M's. Australian Oaks, 2,400, three-year-old Phillies group one, worth a fair bit of cash. I don't know what it's worth these days, but... It's a good one. So Hinge, top of the market, four bucks. Gypsy Goddess, a horse from WA. Probably a little bit disappointing first up, but did finish off well. And she goes up another 550 metres this time. So 420, Honey Creeper 440. So they seem to be sort of the three the punters are keen on. And Pink Ivory, six bucks. And the rest, El Patroness, Biscayne Bay, they're all 16 plus and the rest. Keen to see who you've landed on because we haven't had a really good conversation about this race. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's quite a difficult race to assess because you've got, obviously got those top three in the market that are almost at the same price and you're sort of forced to go one way or the other. It's hard to back two out of those three horses or even all three. So you want to be able to identify one and sort of really step in, especially towards the middle of the card here. So I think we'll know our fate and we'll be able to tailor our betting strategy by this time of the day and we'll understand if they're A, making up ground or B, if this is just a waterlogged track and they're getting their snorkels out before they go out to run them. But I'm pretty keen to see how Honey Creeper goes on the back up here because the horse, you know, will heavy will handle the heavy track. Absolutely glided across the going last start. And I love to see a quick backup on these heavy decks, especially with horses that you know can handle it. So they've found Bowman as well. It could be a repeat dose here because I'm rolling with the Blue Army for a lot of the day today. So a lot of my fate could depend on how uh, old James Cummings has prepared these horses and the shake. Um, but I, I'm really keen to see how Honey, Honey Creeper can go here. I've got to pay a lot of respect to Hinge. That's the map horse. They're going to roll forward with her and have her potentially leading. I'm not sure if, she, if they do want to lead, but she might just find herself there naturally. If they go a slow speed and, and she sort of controls it, that's a horse I want to pay a lot of respect to. And just on the Queensland horse, Gypsy Goddess, I just the big negative with me is, are you going to heavy, handle the heavy track? And how far back is Pike going to have that horse? If they're out the back and you know they're sort of 10... 12 lengths off the off the leaders when they're turning. I just can't be with her. 
it is an interesting thing. I know you spoke about bringing your horse down from Queensland, first up, second up sort of thing from Queensland down for, for an Oaks campaign. Usually you find a bit of a price about these horses. They usually come down and they're like that 10, 11 bucks, but like this is essentially equal favourites. So you don't even really get an opportunity just to throw one at the stumps. I'm with Honey Creeper too. I love the backup. I love the fact that it's gone good on the wet. Do I really, last week it was 11 bucks and now we get 440. Am I keen to bet? Probably not, but I also think she can win. So it's more just that price factor for me and, but got the right hands, Bowman on board, wet track, a lot of ticks. So it'll be an interesting race. I think the top three will finish in the top three though. Sydney Cup, 3,200, fast becoming a very, very, I don't want to say boring race, but it's just so hard for us to get any good quality stayers to come up for this race. But Stockman's five bucks. Crystal Pegasus, 650. Knights Order, tens. who ran a really cheeky race on the weekend. Uh, Luncey's tens. Surefire tens, as well as Chalkstream. Shiraz, no compromise. They're both $12. The chosen one, Angel of Truth, will be up in, up, up in front and out leading. Then Tiger Tiger and a couple others. It's a very, very, very lacklustre Sydney Cup. Yeah, very wide open as well from a betting perspective. It's not as if you've got one or two at the top of the market that you can sort of hone in on and, and really uh, step into with the kitchen sink. But um, look, as far as the map goes, Knight's Order is going to roll forward. They've got one way, these uh, Waterhouse horses. They're going to ensure it's a rolling tempo and you're going to have to find a horse that can handle 3,200 because it will be solidly run. It's not going to be a, a sort of walking affair and you're also on the heavy 10 as well, potentially heavy 60 by the time we get to Saturday as well. So you've got to find horses and it's going to be a repeat throughout most of the day. You've got to find horses that are fit, horses that can get the trip and horses that love this uh, heavy going. So we've just obviously... On that, just yeah. on that, I, I have a look through, sorry to interrupt, but just, I have a look through the, this market and there's not a horse in the top 10, no, six, seven... In the top seven or eight in the market that have ran over 3,200 in their last 10 starts. And that's the gamble. That's the big gamble. You have to put a lot of faith into your trainers and how the preparation has gone. And there'll be a few of these horses, almost like a Melbourne Cup. You can pretty much scratch half the field every year knowing they won't get the trip. It's a similar situation here with the Sydney Cup. I just There's always those five, six, seven, eight horses that you know definitely won't get the trip if it's solidly run. And I'm taking the position that it will be solidly run. So it makes it a little bit easier because you scratch off half the field. You've got confidence in that, that those horses just won't run out the trip. So, you know, one of those, for example, might be no compromise. It's a horse that I can pin that I, I just know won't get 3,200. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident to just leave it on the side there. So, but in, in terms of what we're doing with our bets, we obviously, we've, we've had a lot to say about Chalkstream and had that scratching last start, probably in favour of this race. So that's a camp that you always got to have faith in. Speaking of horses that get the trip, Chris Waller knows how to prepare these stays. He gets them from overseas. He gets them peaking second and third up. And this horse has that profile. So you've got to pay a lot of respect to it. It's going to be close enough in running as well, which is a major advantage. It's going to have sort of two or three lengths on its main rivals. So have to sort of pay some respect there. Um, Surefire as well, I think can run well. That's another horse that won't be too far away. And definitely one of those imports with Waller as well that you must keep an eye on. It's at some really good odds. So those two I can sort of make a half push for, but the main bet for me is going to be Luncey's. The horse just profiles as if they've been sort of building up to this 3,200 run the entire time. Ran really well last week and got a really big drop in weight now as well, as a lot of these runners do. So that's sort of the caveat, but you know the horse will get through the running. 
was really solid uh, through the line at 2,600. Now stepping up to 3,200. It's at a really good price now as well. It's around that $10 mark to sort of 320 the place. So I'm more than happy to make that my main bet and go each way all day. Fair enough. It's interesting to see Jamie Carr's the one that's riding Crystal Pegasus. It probably says a little bit about the intent with the horse. Like, is, there, is it Waller's top pick in terms of his mind? Potentially, it could be. Um, obviously, 51 kilos, so that rules out your J-Max and stuff. But maybe there's a tiny push there. I don't like to look into it too much. But look, I've followed Chalkstream or Prep. have said he's a runner to watch and a runner that I want to follow. As he said, scratch him last week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have something there. And I can't ignore Stockman. I'm worried about 3,200, but I can't ignore second behind Douay in essentially the same conditions, in heavy conditions. It's got to be a horse that you've got to just... I think you have to have the horse on your side. With It's heavy form's just far too good. I know it's $5, but I think if you're backing one at 10s, 11s, you've got to make sure you're at least getting your cash back if Stockman wins. Yeah, definitely. He's just one of those horses that you just have no question marks on whether he's going to get through that mud, for sure. He just absolutely thrives in it. And I'm glad you touched on Pegasus as well, because if they drew inside with with this um, uh, horse, I would have been a little bit more confident, but they've drawn... Like the horse is going to jump from Rose Hill... And they're running at round week on Saturday. <laughs> he is. He is going to jump from Rose Hill. But look, weirder things have happened in the Sydney Cup, let me tell you. Mm. Um, all right. I feel like we need a drum roll or something. This is like, this is one of my favourite races I think I've ever been alive for. Because like, is that an, I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. I don't think so. Like before you, before you get into it, I'll just say my piece as well. Like this is the best field that I've seen. And it's only a nine horse field. This is the best field that I've seen for probably two to three years. Wow. It's not wrong, is it? Like this versus the Cox Plate field, it's, it's better than last year's Cox Plate field. There you go. It is. Yep, it for is. sure. For sure. 2000, wait for age group one, Queen Elizabeth stakes, four million on the line just quietly. Four million bucks. Could, Waller couldn't use any more money. But anyway, a Waller horse is at the top of the market. J-Mac rides very elegant. She's a star. She's like, I don't know. She's one of the best horses I've ever seen. So she's three bucks. And Animos, their next 480. Zaki, 550. Juace is 650 as well. Montefilia, 650. Then we got um, Thunderstruck, 13 bucks. Think it over 34s. Mount Popper and Dallas are both 60s and 80s. I don't know if it's just me, but... Every time I have a look at the market, there's a new winner. It's insane. It's insane. Like, man, I'm, I'm so excited about this race to see what, what's going to unfold here. It's going to be such a tactical affair as well. You've got all the best jockeys engaged, which is another thing that we haven't even mentioned as well. You've got the absolute best horses and the absolute best jockeys. And it's literally... McDonald, McDonald yep. Berry, Carr, yep. Parr, Bowman, Zara, Nash, Pike. Pike. It's incredible. This, this field... What they've assembled here is incredible. Like even horses like I'm Thunderstruck that's running the Doncaster and, and almost got the win has just gone, you know what, just to add a little bit more depth to this race, I'm going to back up as well on the heavy track. Like incredible, incredible. I'll start with the map and honestly, we could spend probably uh, its own podcast on this race as well. So we'll, we'll try our best to sort of, you know, touch on each runner and, and see see their, their chances and what we're actually going to do as far as betting. But for the speed map, I really do think that Zaki goes forward with Carr and they're going to control it. I can't see any more than sort of a benchmark tempo here. I don't think they're going to overextend themselves. Mount Popper can probably roll forward from 
that wider gate and look to probably sit outside Zaki. But I think they're both going to be content to sort of keep it at that steady tempo. I don't think it's going to be a walk, but I think it's just going to be nice and even and, and Zaki can probably just control it. So from that standpoint, you just have to respect Zaki just on the race shape and the bias that they'll receive with that horse. It, we saw it um, with the All-Star Mile, just had that perfect advantage of being right close to the speed on that really moderate sort of average tempo. And he just has that awesome acceleration. The main knocks for me is, are you going to heavy, handle the heavy 10? Is that going to be you know, your, your best asset going forward? I'm in the camp to say no. I'd like to see a bigger price, especially with the track that they're going to turn up on on Saturday. I'd like to see a bigger price for Zaki to get involved. And it, it hurts me because you can't back them all. It's this type of race where you could make a case for eight of them. The only Absolutely. real, yeah, the only real non-winning chance is Mount Popper for me. The rest of them, you could go on their day. They could potentially produce a, a massive performance. But that's just my opinion with Zaki there. I think, um, look, I've been with him the whole campaign, Ned. I said I would double down. I said I'd die on my sword. I'm actually tripling down now because I've seen this price come up and I had to refresh my screen three or four times because I'm like, how the hell have they come up with $5 for Animo? How in the hell have they thrown up $5? I, honestly, Ned, I was there refreshing my phone going, this can't be right. Somebody's made a mistake. Check sports bet. Check points bet. They've all thrown it up. Incredible. I boosted it straight away. I'm already up to sixes, Ned. My hand's already been played here and, and I, I, I'm chips in. Like, if, you look at, if you look at the 2,000 meter profile, right? Last time 2,000 meters or its first crack at 2,000 meters went down a nose in the Cox plate. If you repeat that, that uh, performance, that equals victory in this race. You only got to look to its most recent start for its second um, go at 2,000 meters. It was a seven length romp. Yes, it was you know, a modest field when you compare it to this but seven length romp and absolutely skip through the going. I can't find any holes in this horse. The only thing I could sort of make a knock for is, is where it's going to get to in the run. But I was really happy to see, and I know J-Mac's not on today, but I was really happy to see J-Mac take him forward last start and have him close enough. If they're within three or four lengths, Ned, I, I'm just going to sit back and start counting the cash. But that's where oh, I'm at oh. with Animo. I, I understand that's a big, massive call in this field. And I've got so much respect for Very Elegant. I think she's a champion. Think it over as a champion horse. Duar's a horse that we don't have a ceiling on, but I just feel like all these horses are all sort of trending to a certain mark and we know where most of them are at. Animo, the, the Animo, you don't know where he's going to get to. This horse could be absolutely anything. The scary part is he's already posted massive figures and he can continue to elevate. And I think he's going to do that on Saturday. Yeah, have you, I haven't heard a bigger rap on a horse since Farlap. Um, <laughs> this is this is why I love this. I love this because we, it's not a suck on the back contest. I'm not with him. He's not in my top two. He might not be in my top three. And I like the horse. I love the horse. I know times aren't everything. It's just where I'm going to start things off. So ran two oh nine. Same day as Very Elegant, both over 2,000 at Rose Hill. Very Elegant ran second two lengths of Montefilia and ran 2.07 that day. So when you look at two or three seconds, that's maybe six, seven lengths. No, it's not everything. Yes, tempo is a factor, but you're talking six or seven lengths, similar conditions, exact same day, exact same distance. We talk about grand final trainers and grand final jockeys, and you've got the, the combination of J-Mac and Walla, and it's, a little bit of a similar profile to that nature strip preparation. Come out, run pretty well first and second up for her. He did the same. So he ran really well first up, 
pretty poor second up and then comes out grand final day and blitzes them and wins by three or four. She was probably a little bit poor the other day, although credit to Montefiore, she was fantastic. This is grand final day for very elegant. It's been the target the whole way through. They said, no, we're not going Rambert. We're not going Tancred, Queen Elizabeth. We're going to win the four million and this will be our last race. I can't not be with her. I, I can't catch the horse, but I can't not be with her, especially in the mud. She goes so, so well in the mud. So $3, she hasn't been missed. She's definitely well found. She's already fours into threes, so well found. Very elegant on top. Montefilia clearly has to be second for me. If, I'm, if, I'm, if you like the very elegant form lines, you have to like the Montefilia form lines. And then I've got Zaki in for third. Clearly, more because of racing pattern. And I think the horse is a genuine gun. And you get 550 as well. So if you like him, I wouldn't turn you off. Yeah, for sure. Like, very elegant. Just She's a champion. I've got no doubts that Chris Waller's going to bounce back here. She had a little bit of flatness. I think we can. it's fair to say last start. And Monty was obviously superb that day. But Ned, just just to let you know where my confidence is at, if if Animo was two fifty, I'd take it. Wow. Um, we move on, so we go from a race where we couldn't be further apart in terms of our betting. We, we both respect each other's opinions, but we couldn't be further apart in terms of what our bet slips are going to cop. To a race where we get an opportunity to come together, be really good buddies, and collect on collect. So. This is the Queen of the Turf to Philly Mayor Group 1. Colette is 390, top of the market, ice bath 6. They've brought Yons up. So the picket fence, does it continue and go to 7 or not? 650. Geez, that's short. Fangirl, 850. Lighthouse. Gee, these talk about gravel tracks in Ascot. What are they putting on her? That's another horse that they ride to the track, I heard. They, um, it, it and Shelby just ride, ride to the track and ride home as well. So, yeah, I think I've heard actually, Ned, they, they tow the float for the horses as well. They get Shelby and, uh, and uh, Lighthouse and they, they actually tow the float for the rest of the horses, I've heard as well. Fantastic, mate. Well, I know where I won't be putting my money. Uh, Promise of Success 13, Anavisto 19, Steinem 21s. This is a this is a really good race. Ripper race, ripper race. And in saying that, I only find two clear cut chances. For me, it's Colette um, and Ice Bath. They're just they're two horses that you know are going to absolutely thrive in this wet deck. Colette just looks bombproof. She just looks absolutely targeted to this race. She looks like she's ready to peak. She stays at sixteen hundred. Couple starts back. You just got to look at the preparation. She was very unlucky. We we were quite critical of TC that day. We thought should have given her her opportunity to finish closer. Obviously, very elegant one that day. That's that's just super form for this race. This is her mark. She doesn't have to elevate or, or, you know, go to a different level for this Saturday to be able to beat this field. And she's only got to hold her mark to win here. And Forbidden Love, that's another nice form line. That was her last start. The riding's on the wall for Colette. She, she, you know, just seems to peak for this race. And I've got her on top. The second pick for me is Ice Bath. Just something about this horse. It's just a, a perennial bridesmaid. They always find a placing, a second or third you know, placing in, in these big group one and, and group two races. It could be another scenario where we like this on the weekend, but if they do happen to find a win, I just want to be with her in some capacity just to be able to win on the race. And just want to touch on as well, you sort of made a little bit of a point about Yance. The horses that has done absolutely nothing on the clock. It's pretty much beaten nothing in respect to this field, but yet you just see those names next to it, Mara and Eustace, and you just go, well, fuck. I know it's realistically everything says it's not really a chance, but man, this camp, they can just do anything. They perform miracles. And we saw it only last week with the Totsu who wears the same colors as Yance that 
you just never discount this camp and what they're capable of. So I just feel like in some way, you just got to have it in the back of your mind and just leave it there just in case this horse is anything. Yeah, it is interesting. I think, I think it's also the fact that they bring it up and it's 650 in a group one. Like it's just a bit scary. There's something about it. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved. If, if she wins, I'm happy to say that I've, I've already collected my money on the horse I'm with Colette massively. I think this is a really nice bet. She, there was, she did nothing wrong in that Forbidden Love racing behind her. She tried hard. Forbidden Love's probably been the horse of the of the autumn, to be honest. If you, if you wanted to pick a horse that really has come out and stamped herself and gone, yep, I love wet conditions and I'm going to win every race I pretty much can. She did. To finish second in behind her, McDonald tick, Cummings tick, four bucks tick, Ice Bath's a cat. If she's second favourite, I'm happy to be with Colette. And then one two, one horse that I really like, it's drawn again. We've got a couple horses starting over at Rose Hill. I hope there's a few um, barrier attendants over there as well working for the day because we've got a few horses jumping out of there. Steinem's drawn 17, but I like this horse. I, I don't know how it goes in terms of the wet. Has it haven't had enough proof to see how it goes, but only 21 bucks. I've got to have something small on it at 21. She's too talented, isn't she? Yeah, uh, the, the the big question mark is is can the horse you know back up on this on this heavy track and be able to elevate? We know she's she's going to take a lot of fitness out of that first up run. Um, yeah, the big question mark is it's not the talent; it's can she get through this going and will she enjoy it? I just think horses like Colette and what they've been able to post as far as times and performances. I just think a lot of these horses have a few lengths to make up. Agree. Last one as well. Sorry. I know we, it, it is a ripping race. There's so many horses. Are we taking the field here, Ned, in the quaddy? What's going on, mate? A little bit, but we did speak about a horse that we followed a fair bit, Promise of Success. Yeah. Ran the second or third la- fastest last 400 of the day at Newcastle that di- day. Not sure about the form lines, but that was heavy going that day. Going to be heavy going again. She might run a, a cheeky race again. I don't, don't know if she's up to these, but <sighs> collect on collect, isn't collect. it? Collect on Colette, mate. Promise of success is another one that's probably two or three lengths off where Colette's at. So I'm pretty much straight down the middle here and like, let's collect. Race 10, Tab Sapphire Stakes, Philly's Mares Group 2. So these are the ones that essentially aren't quite up to the horses in the previous race. Um, Bellucci Babe is 340. Um, Emanate is fives. Bellini Patina, 550. Wonderbar, eight bucks. Minaj, interesting to see her back, 950. Tricky Gal is 16s and the rest are all 20 plus. Not a bad way to finish the day. You get a group two, tab Sapphire. Have you done the form for the race or is it just I've, not when you have an opinion I've on had, I've had a little bit of a look and yeah, it's it's the blue army for me all day, Ned. They've kept one very safe in the market uh, and that's Emanate. So I'm hoping Sam Clipperton can get a couple winners on the day, one with Marzu and one with Emanate late on in the piece. And we obviously saw Zapateo went down in the same colours in the last, uh, last week. So... You know, I, I'm pretty much live by the sword, die by the sword. I'm with the Blue Army all Saturday, mate. So a lot of my fate's going to be rolling with them. This horse has a superb wet track profile. He maps really well. Nice little middle draw. And I hope Clipperton can have him close enough. The horse is fit. Um, you know, posted a really nice performance last start in the wet. You love to see a heavy 10 come up for this horse. And I'm pretty much one in, one out here. And this could be my, uh, you know, last leg of the quaddy. I could be going one in. Huge. Um, pretty small play race for me. I'm just going to play two. I'm going to play Wanderbar, who swims, and Minaj, just because we, we went back and had a look at that Caulfield run, um, and that was in the 
it was over 1100. What's that race called? Um, Marabi won it. Uh, Oakley? The Oakley plate. Sorry, mental blank. Oakley plate. She had a lot go wrong that day and she was pretty well fancied. So this is nowhere near an Oakley plate field. So I think at, around that $10 mark, I'm happy to have a play with Jamie Carter, car on board. That's the end of Ramwick. I've got something that I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about because last week it was the highlight of my weekend. It was the highlight of many weekends. It was the highlight of thousands. We got bet slips. We had people messaging us saying, you've saved my day. We had people ringing us on the Tuesday saying, oh, can you let me know if you like anything on the Wednesday at Ascot? Pinjara's on Thursday. Anywhere over in the West. Does Jacko have a best Western on a Thursday? I'll tell you what, he doesn't have a best Western on a Thursday, but he's got one for Saturday. Talk to me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if, if the punters want to demand that and, and that's what needs to happen, then I'm happy to have a best Western every day of the week if we need, you know. I think they only race three or four times and probably every time's at Ascot as well, to be fair. But look, again, no guesses where they are. They're at Ascot again. Um, so I'm going straight to the feature race here. This is the WA Derby. My mate Chris Parnham, all, all rests on his shoulders again. Uh, we're with Alaskan God here, guys. So this is number three. It's actually not the favourite. The, the favourite is the top weight here, Tricks of the Trade. And Alaskan God's actually beaten it and beaten it comfortably last start. And this is a horse that's just got no ceiling. He's had five starts for four wins. The last four of those have been, you know, in a row. So the picket fence is there. The horse just continues to step up in distance and elevate the performance. There's no ceiling on this horse. I'm very happy to be with it, even if it was tomato sauce odds. This, for me, is the best on the card at Ascot. This is my best Western. Chris Parnham, get him close enough. The, the horse maps beautifully. It looks pretty much bomb-proof. And, yep, kitchen sink, boys. Good opportunity to chat about something. So talk to me about what betting drifts do for you, betting firms. So you, I look at this race straight away, and I see Alaskan Gods 225 out to 240. And I see Tricks of the Trade, who's a horse that Alaskan God knocked off last start, is 280 into 240. Do you not give any single bit of sort of thought to market? Do you care about market? Talk me through your sort of your thought process when you look at it. Yeah, I think you have to pay respect to the market at all times. It's only to an extent, though. It's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the Bible. You don't just wait for your fluctuations and then, you know, make your betting around that. I just think, you know, you've got to remember where you're betting as well. So we're at Ascot. The wagering here is, you know, like a tenth of what happens at Sydney and, and Melbourne. So you can be pretty confident that there's not massive amounts of money flying around here. And it might just be some simple market adjustments from the bookies end. So it's not so much where the money is going. It's more you've got to be aware of where you're betting. So I don't take that much, um, you know, uh, sort of, you know, weight onto what happens here with, with where the market goes in Ascot specifically. So I don't mind to see a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a drift for the Chris Parnham thing here. So it's just at the end of the day, it's a better price for me and I can take it right now. I know that the horse will probably be shorter tomorrow. Fantastic, mate. It's good insight because it is something that I think a lot of people don't pay enough respect to the market. It, it's very rare that you can say, oh, geez, the market got that massively wrong and drifted fours out to tens. So great insight. Best Western. Absolutely love it. No, no shock that Chris Parnham's on board either. Did you have a best or other than collect on collect? Yeah, I had one at uh, Caulfield. So we, we'll probably put up some tips for the for the punters on the Instagram page. So make sure you get around that, guys. But um, look, we're going to race seven at Caulfield. Um, we've got Arctica. So the horse pulled up with a heart irregularity last time out. And that was genuine excuses. So I'm happy to forgive that. 
I'm pretty sure that's the only reason we're getting this price now. It's $4.20. I've got a few knocks on the favourite. It's a horse on the up. There's no ceiling on, on that Bell Savoir, which is the favourite there. It's about 280. I'm happy to take it on here with Arctica. I think the horse has already posted a better performance um, as far as what they've done so far. And I think the horse is still the most talented in the race. I don't see much else in here, even though there's a few last start winners. I don't see much else in here that's going to get to the level that this horse is at. I'm happy to stick with this camp. It's Mara and Eustace again. They're freaks. They prepare their horses to the minute. I'm happy uh, enough to believe that this horse has bounced back. They've given it a nice little freshen up, nice little break. The horse is going to be ready to go. And I think $4 is a steal. Fantastic. I'm going to go with Lock Eagle in race two at Randwick. I think it's a really, really good bet. I think it'll be winning as well. And then get involved, collect on collect. Our last collect on collect went under. It's an opportunity to bounce back. We get four bucks to find out as well. Get Jacko, around us, guys. Can't wait, brother. Can't wait. Big day, mate. Awesome. All right, mate. Good luck on the pun, everyone. Enjoy. Send us through a bet slip if you have one. Thanks, guys. Cheers.